0: Many people have heard the name Joseph Campbell and probably heard a lot about his book, The Power of Myth. One of the other things that Joseph Campbell is known for is taking what he calls the hero's journey and showing how most mythology and a lot of movies and books tend to use this same structure um, to basically tell their story. So. I'm going to start off with just an overview of kind of what the stages of the hero's journey are and kind of a little bit about it. So reading from an article here called Excerpts from Myth and the Movies, and it talks about the stages of the hero's journey. All stories consist of common structural elements of stages found universally in myths, fairy tales, dreams, and movies. These 12 stages compose the hero's journey. What follows is a simple overview of each stage, illustrating basic characteristics and functions. Use it as a quick reference guide as you explore the genre and movie analysis. So I'm going to actually just kind of read a real quick overview of this. So the character arc, the symbolism of the journey stages are crossing the threshold, approach the innermost cave, return with the elixir, can easily mislead us into seeing the paradigm as representing a purely physical journey. Indeed the hero takes a physical active part on the journey to solve a problem or achieve a goal but the hero's journey is an important and emotional or psychological journey as much as it is physical. Character's actions and decisions in response to the journey stages can reveal the character arc or phases of growth that a character experiences during the course of the story. The following illustrates the character arc. So it has act 1 is separation, act 2 is the descent, Act 3 is the initiation, and Act 4 is the return. And the other stages of this are the ordinary world, the call to adventure, refusal of the call, meeting the mentor, crossing the threshold, tests, allies, and enemies, approach the innermost cave, the ordeal, the reward, the road back and the resurrection. So with that in mind, now I wanna talk a little bit about tying in the hero's journey to your Masonic journey. So please stay tuned and enjoy the next article. So in doing a little research on the hero's journey as far as it uh, ties in with Masonry, uh, there's an article called The Masonic Hero's Journey now, I've done a little bit of research on this, and every place I find references this same article. So even whether they take the entire article, they only take a portion of it, so this is definitely seems to be the one article to, uh, to share on this. So with that, this article, I pulled it up off thelaudablepursuit.com, the link will be in the show notes, and it's from May 26, 2014, The Masonic Hero's Journey by Jason E. Marshall, originally published in the Volume 2, Issue 8, August 2012 edition of Living Stones magazine. Masonic ritual is ingenious in that it has the ability to convey Masonic teachings on multiple levels. For the more exoteric Mason, the rituals provide valuable moral lessons, which support the fraternal and charitable aspects of the fraternity. For the esotericists, The rituals convey deeply transformative teachings that can be used for personal and spiritual transformation. No matter what the individual member's exoteric or esoteric leanings, you will be hard pressed to find a Mason who considers Masonic ritual to be useless or unimportant. Even though Masonic ritual has undergone several iterations in its history, and numerous versions of ritual are practiced in various jurisdictions, ritual is the tie that unites the fraternity. Ritual is important because it, one, separates the members or initiates from the profane, two, allows for an initiatic experience, and three, provides a manner of transmitting the inner or secret knowledge of the fraternity to the initiate. The ritual and structure of the fraternity, especially the hieramic legend as presented in the third degree, powerfully resonates with each member on a deep level, regardless of their exoteric or esoteric tendencies. One possible reason for this is that the Blue Lodge degrees and the journey that they take each brother on parallel the hero's journey, as identified by Joseph Campbell. The American mythologist and philosopher Joseph Campbell, who was heavily influenced by the Swiss psychologist Carl Jung, dedicated his life's work to studying the myths, rituals, and legends of the world's cultures and religions. Through his studies, Campbell began to see a basic formula that was present in almost every world myth, regardless of the culture or religion that developed or perpetuated it. Campbell called the basic myth formula the Hero's Journey, or the Monomyth. According to Campbell, the Hero's Journey contained three main parts and 17 subparts. The first main part is departure, which is the call to adventure, refusal of the call, supernatural aid or meeting with the mentor the crossing of the first threshold, and the belly of the whale. The second main part is initiation, the road of trials, the meeting with the goddess, woman as the temptress, atonement with the father, apotheosis, and the ultimate boon. And lastly, the third main part is return, refusal of the return, the magic flight, rescue from without, the crossing of the return threshold, master of the two worlds, and freedom to live. This basic formula and not all the subparts are always used in every story—has not only been the foundation for ancient myths, but it has also been the formula for modern myths such as the Star Wars movies, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit, and The Lord of the Rings books, and pretty much every superhero comic book or movie ever made. The hero's journey always involves a hero leaving the comfort of the world he knows in order to undertake a quest or adventure into an unknown and mysterious world. The world the hero ventures into doesn't necessarily have to be a supernatural world, but it at least involves another country or kingdom that the hero has either previously been unaware of or been forbidden to venture into. During the journey, the hero must undergo several trials and tribulations that he must overcome, almost always with the aid of others. Ultimately, the hero must complete his journey, or receive the boon, and return back to his home, and bring with him his boon, a blessing or gift such as a sacred object or great wisdom or knowledge. The ultimate lesson or goal of the hero's journey is not in the hero's external journey, rather the ultimate goal of the hero's journey is to tell the story of a hero's transformation from an ordinary person into a true hero. On an inner level, the various stages and trials that the hero encounters during his journey represent many of the archetypes and stages of development identified by Carl Jung. Therefore, Jungians will recognize the hero's journey as being a journey of self-discover towards psychological wholeness, or the individuation of the hero. Since the Masonic fraternity is ultimately about the transformation of its members, it is natural that its structure and rituals mirror the timeless formula of the hero's journey. The Masonic hero's journey begins when the brother begins his departure, which, in the Masonic system, would be the EA degree, or first degree. In the Masonic system, each candidate must seek to join the fraternity pursuant to his own free will and accord. Therefore, each candidate must heed his own internal call to leave the world of the profane that he knows in order to enter into the mysteries of the fraternity that await him. Before the member, or hero, can begin his journey, he must come into contact with a mentor which in the case of the Masonic Fraternity would be the individual member recommending the top line, the brother's petition, or even the senior deacon who in most jurisdictions propounds the interrogations upon the candidate prior to his initiation now for those in California you know that's actually the marshal here and who also conducts the brother during his initiation and later degrees the candidate must then cross over the first threshold in order to actually begin his journey The first threshold represents the point where the hero actually steps onto the path in order to begin his journey away from the world that he knows and into the unknown. In the E.A. degree, the threshold would be the point where the brother crosses the boundary of the preparation room and into the lodge room where the senior deacon awaits to receive him. The final subpart of the departure stage involves the belly of the whale, which is the point of no return, where the hero undergoes his first metamorphosis that will separate him from his previous world and set him firmly on his new path. In the EA degree, this would be where the brother is first brought to light after his obligation and is greeted for the first time as a brother. The second stage, initiation, is the portion of the hero's journey where he must undergo trials and tribulations as he journeys further into his new world of adventure or self-discovery. During these trials, the hero is always aided by either physical or spiritual beings that provide him with advice, teachings, magical amulets, tools, etc., so that the hero can ultimately reach the object of his quest. In the Masonic system, the brethren should act as mentors and guides in order to aid the brother on his newly minted Masonic journey. While many Masons will undoubtedly think that the initiation occurred in the EA degree, in the hero's journey the initiation takes place under pressure as the hero labors in his quest. In the Masonic system, the EAs are supposed to labor amongst their brethren prior to receiving their fellow craft degree. Therefore, it can be said that the real initiation portion of the EA occurs in the interim period between the EA and the fellow craft degrees. During this interim, the EA should be beginning to discover and refine his inner self, in addition to the normal catechism work. The brother must also use the tools of the EA to ward off the temptations of the profane world that is full of vices and superfluities, overcome the temptress before he can continue his journey into the Fellowcraft degree. The apotheosis occurs when the hero moves beyond the material world and enters into a state of divine knowledge or wisdom. This occurs in the Fellowcraft degree when the brother's journey with the spiritual guide and mentor, the senior deacon, into the spiritual realm where he is taught lessons regarding the physical and spiritual realms. Finally, the initiation stage is completed when the hero receives the final or ultimate boon, which is the ultimate goal of the quest. In the Jungian model, the ultimate boon would occur when the hero or individual reaches psychological wholeness or individuation. In the Masonic system, this occurs when the brother, due to his previous work and newfound knowledge, is allowed to enter into the middle chamber of King Solomon's temple and have his name added to the role of the workman. The final portion of the hero's journey involves the hero's return to his former world in order to impart his boon, knowledge of wisdom, onto his fellow man. This can be a difficult journey for the hero, either because the hero doesn't want to return to his old world, or there is some sort of dangerous evil force that seeks to prevent the hero from leaving with the boon, hence why there is an initial refusal to return. In the Masonic system, the return is symbolized by, and played out in, the hieramic legend of the third degree. During the Hiramic legend, the brother is representing the transcended master who has completed his hero's journey by obtaining his boon and working not only as a master mason in a foreign land, but as one of three grand architects involved in building King Solomon's temple. Hiram possesses the secret knowledge that only the grand architects possess, and as such, he has great power. During the drama of the third degree, he attempts to make a desperate flee from the ruffians that attack him, the magic flight. However, he is unable to escape their grasp. However, he dies with his boon or the knowledge or secrets intact. The rescue from without subpart involves the hero being rescued from his peril by his guides or mentors. The crossing of the return threshold involves the hero leaving or being resurrected from his world of adventure and being brought back to his original world. Both the rescue from without and crossing of the return threshold are played out when Hiram Abiff is resurrected. The most important part of the hero's journey takes place at the end of the hero's return, which is composed of the master of the two worlds and freedom to live subparts. These are the portions of the journey where the hero begins to inculcate the boon, whether it's blessings, wisdom, knowledge obtained on the quest, into his everyday life and into the lives of those in his original world. These are important because without putting the boon to use, the entire journey is for naught in the masonic system the master mason should inculcate the boon which are teachings wisdom knowledge etc of the fraternity into his life and use them to impact the material and spiritual worlds around him if the brother fails to impart his masonic boon out of the world out into the world that is then he has either failed to actually fully obtain the boon that the masonic fraternity offers or he has failed in the return portion of his journey and as such is not acting as a true master mason The Hero's Journey provides a powerful blueprint for transformation, and it is no coincidence that the ritual experience of the Blue Lodge follows this timeless formula. Just as the Hero's Quest calls seemingly ordinary men to undertake feats of greatness, which have far-reaching impacts, the Masonic Fraternity calls men of all backgrounds to undertake their own Hero's Journey to not only transform themselves, but the world around them. So this last portion, I'm going to take an article off of the Midnight Freemasons' website, and I'm just going to take a few portions of it, because they go through the same thing through the Masonic Hero's journey, but they actually break down all the subparts and kind of put their information in as to how they see that applying to Freemasonry as well. So starting with Act 1, Departure, they start with the Ordinary World. This is where the hero exists before his adventure begins. Masonically, this would be a candidate prior to petitioning a lodge. Next, we have the call to adventure. The hero's adventure begins when they receive a call to actions. Masonically, this would happen when a candidate first thinks about joining the fraternity. Something causes his decision. For some of us, it could have been a friend or peer discussing masonry. For others, it could could have been a father or grandfather who is a mason. Ultimately, though, there is usually some outside force or circumstance which makes the candidate interested in joining Freemasonry. The next part is refusal of the call. The hero has second thoughts about going on the adventure. Now this may or may not apply to, ma- to some people, may not apply to everybody, but this would be where you second guess. So this could be the candidate prior to petitioning in the lodge. They might be interested in joining, but ultimately decide not to, not to or to put it off, or just to stay home. The next subpart is meeting with the mentor. So ultimately this would be when the candidate finally does petition the Lodge. They either meet with a mentor or peer or meet with several, the candidate is ultimately given the information that was needed to make them heed their call and to petition the Lodge. And then the last subsection of the first part is crossing the threshold to the special world. The hero is now ready to begin the adventure. The candidate literally undergoes this transition upon knocking three times at the door of the preparation room. They are in the darkness and must commit themselves to the ultimate quest, receiving the degrees of masonry. They knock upon that door, and once they are admitted, they cross the threshold from the ordinary to the extraordinary. Then we move to the second part, or act two, the initiation, and then starting with subpart tests, allies, and enemies. The hero is confronted with a series of challenges. Obstacles are thrown in their path, and the hero must overcome them as they journey towards the ultimate goal. This takes place upon the Candidate's first entrance into the Lodge. They are received in due form and are challenged by the Senior Deacon. They are led around the Lodge by the Senior Deacon and interrogated by the Junior and Senior Warden. They are also led to the Worshipful Master, who does the same. Next we have Approach to the Inmost Cave. The Inmost Cave represents the location of the Hero's ultimate challenge. For the Candidate, this is when they make their turn to the east, their feet forming the angle of a square, standing erect before the altar. They are once again challenged to ensure that their choice to approach remains the same as before. Then the ordeal, the penultimate conflict that the hero faces upon their journey. The ordeal that the candidate undergoes is an internal one, and one that they must deal with daily going forward. The process of being brought from darkness to light is a metaphorical and philosophical ordeal. It's a challenge to the candidate to live your life one way going forward or face penalties for not doing so. Ultimately, you are facing yourself in a battle when you take your obligation, because you're forced to choose to live by the promises you swore or to not. You might be tested by your promises daily, or maybe never, but you always have to be aware of what they are and to honor them. Being a Freemason is a full-time job, because when you represent yourself going forward, you also represent your brethren. That's the ordeal we must face, not only during our obligation, but also by trying to live it daily. The Reward or Seizing the Sword After overcoming the adversity of the ordeal, the hero is transformed into a new state. Ultimately the reward given to a candidate is the password, grip, token, due guard, sign, how to wear their apron and the working tools, as well as the explanatory lectures and charges for each degree. Everything that happens after the second section of each degree is a reward to the candidate. They are imparted with knowledge and wisdom that they did not have prior to their entry to the lodge. They were in darkness and have been brought to light both literally and metaphorically. In our case, the reward is how to act like a member of our fraternity, both while in the Lodge and out of the Lodge. And then the final act is Act Three, The Return, starting with The Road Back. This represents a retracing of the hero's steps in reverse order from crossing the threshold to receiving the call of adventure. In the third degree, this would be represented by the candidate's journey beset by three ruffians and what goes on with those three. Next we have the resurrection. This is the climax of the hero having to face his final and most difficult encounter with death. I think this is pretty self-explanatory to those who have gone through the third degree. There's a deeply moving and profound thing that happens which transforms a candidate. Since our podcast is not tiled and neither is this article, I assume we have some EAs and fellow crafts as well as profane readers, so we'll not go any further. Return with the elixir is the final stage of the hero's journey. The new Master Mason's journey is also complete for now. They have received some final instructions, tokens, words. They are able to vote in their lodge, wear a Masonic ring, and begin a new journey to the East. And so this article ends with the following. So, my brothers, I ask you, are you not also a hero? Hasn't each one of us undergone this journey during our degrees? For some of us, like myself, I am close to the end of another journey, the journey to the East as being worshipful master of my lodge. The most important message that I convey is to never let your Masonic journey end, whether it be joining dependent bodies or going through the chairs at your own lodge. There is an opportunity for each of us to be heroes. We just need to show up and do what is needed for the betterment of our lodge, community, and ourselves. If someone out there sees you being a Masonic hero, then maybe, just maybe, they might want to set out on their own adventure and join our League of Heroes. I believe that our greatest advertisement is what message we deliver and represent. Maybe it's time to stop hiding and to show the world what we are really made of. If we can all be heroes, then we might just be able to make the world a better place. I, for one, believe that can be the case. So this article was written by Darren A. Lawners, L-A-H-N-E-R-S. And the link to this article is also in the show notes. Thanks for listening.